For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hoopball Podcast listeners, are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. What is going on? It is the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. Brandon Marcus here. Pleasure to have you along as the Los Angeles Clippers knock off the Denver Nuggets in a very tight ball game. Boy, 113-107 was the final. The Clippers looked in trouble throughout different times in that ball game. I mean, frankly, throughout the ball game, they looked like they were in trouble, and I was not quite sure the Clippers were going to be able to pull that off. But in the end, the Clippers were able to get a much-needed win. And when I say much-needed, I mean the Clippers needed to win that game badly. Good performance, of course, by Paul George, 32 points. Kawhi had 23. Was really impressed with what Lou and Trez did down the stretch. On today's podcast, we're going to talk to Chris Murch of 213 Hoops, so he'll be coming up very shortly. But Lou Williams did a really good job when the Clippers needed him, defensively and offensively. He was not a weak point. No doubt about that. Montrez Harrell came in for Zoo after Zoo picked up that sixth foul, and Trez looked strong defensively. He stayed with Jokic. He did what he needed to do, and the Clippers were able to get that win, and thanks to very good defense down the stretch and getting good shots. And it's something that the Clippers are very capable of doing, and we'll see if they'll be able to do it the rest of the way. Before we get to Chris, got to let you talk, know about our friends over at Manscaped. I mean... Do you got some hair below or some hair above that you got to trim, you got to take care of? I know you've had an accident once in a while trying to trim the hair with scissors or something like that. Boy, our friends at Manscaped, they've got you covered with their brand new Lawnmower 3.0. Their engineering team perfected the perfect trimmer. I mean, when I say perfect, it is fantastic. When you use it, you don't feel like you don't feel anything. It's really that simple. You use it, you look down, and the hair is gone. It really is that simple. And so the Lawnmower 3.0, not only is it tremendous, and you can use it in the shower, by the way. It's waterproof. It includes an LED light. It's made with an advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts all over the place. It really is just incredible what they're doing. And right now, right now, you can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0 which includes ball deodorant, yes, you heard me correctly, and they've got ball toning spray, but also you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. The Boxer Briefs, boy, they are incredible. Optimal temperature control, and it is just a pleasure to have. 
Get all that now. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That is HOOPBALL20. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20. Now, let's go ahead. Let's talk some hoops. All right. I said we weren't going to waste any time, and we are not wasting time at all. As Chris Merch of 213 Hoops is joining us to break down that Clippers win basically seconds after the game ended. And Chris, let's uh, let's let it all out. That was uh, a game that had its highs. It had its lows. It had lots of moments in which the Clippers looked terrible. And then there were a few moments where they looked brilliant, and you wondered why they couldn't do that all game. But they got the win, and so I'm relieved. How are you feeling at the moment? I feel good. I'm still a little wary um, because this Clippers team does tend to fall asleep, like we have continued to see, um, especially like they did in game two. And that's hard to do against the Nuggets, who can pour in the points. But, um, you know, why I think the Clippers are still the title favorites is because they have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Lou Williams, who can score, you know, down the stretch and should be able to score whenever they want and can go on those both defensive and offensive runs like we saw at the end of the second half and at the end of the fourth fourth quarter there um, where they can, you know, secure, secure the win the majority of the time. You know, what's so weird. I I was talking to Tomer earlier in the week or last week rather, and we were discussing after game one and we said, all right, does that change your prediction for the rest of the series? And I thought, okay, maybe Denver would take one game. And then Denver of course went and won game two. How do we get to this point where we think that the Clippers could sweep or win five to the point where now you go into every game and you're not entirely sure the Clippers can win? How did we get to this point? Because frankly, it is as confusing as it gets. I think we get to this point when the Clippers uh, just have this like weird thing where they uh, don't try as hard um, or they, they fall asleep or they look like a days ago or they get in foul trouble like they did tonight. Um, and, you know, obviously this depth that has been praised on their end for the entirety of the season looks a little suspicious now when you have a guy like Jokic um, on the floor where the, the Clippers lack if Zubats is having that foul trouble, right? So if you have Trez on him, that's obviously a mismatch. If you have Jermichael Green on him, who did as well as he possibly could tonight, it's still a mismatch. Um, so, you know, with this Nuggets team, with the Mavericks, it was a little bit different because they were, you know, Luka Doncic just exploded. Um, but with this Nuggets team who, you know, has that superstar in Jokic, but also has that second superstar in Jamal Murray, who thankfully, thankfully we kind of clamped up um, tonight, but also now shooters around him. You got, you know, Michael Porter Jr. playing surprisingly well. Jeremy Grant, you know, continuing to hit shots and Monty Morris being that steady second guard off the bench, um, you know, this, this team is, is more dangerous than they are on paper, more dangerous than I think the Clippers thought and we thought as well. I was one who said that I thought the Nuggets were actually a better matchup for the Clippers than the Jazz. Yeah, me too. Um, even without even without Bojan. And, you know, that prophecy could come true because, you know, up to one, we kill, I, I um, predicted five, still could be five, but these are going to be way, way, way more hard-fought games than game one. Um, and pretty much, you know, of a series than I, than I thought it would be initially. You know what's so strange is that we applauded the Clippers bench the entire season. And going into the playoffs, everyone said, you know what, the Clippers have the advantage because not only do they have their starting lineup, which is deadly, because it, it, frankly, when the Clippers have their starting five on the floor, there's not many other starting fives 
they're going to outscore them. And then you think, okay, you add in Lou and Trez, Reggie Jackson, Jermichael Green, and the defense is going to out, I mean, the bench is going to outscore the other team's bench. But we've gotten to the point now where oddly, you worry when the Clippers bench comes in. You worry when it's Lou, Trez, Reggie all on the floor together. And then Shamit was even thrown in with the four of them all on the floor at one time with Kawhi. And we've gotten to the point now where we worry where the bench might actually give up the lead. And I think that's a concern now that I have. I'm curious to hear how concerned are you about the bench? Because we went from the Clippers bench being the two sixth, sixth man of the year with Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell to now you're not sure if some of these guys like Trez are even a fit for this series. Yeah, there was a point tonight where they had the second unit in. I was like, oh, you know, and literally every single time in the last two years even, I've wanted them, you know, on the floor. I've wanted Lou and Trez working that pick and roll. But the thing is, I think that these teams now with the extended layoff in the middle of the season and now with Trez out of the bubble and Lou, you know, doing what he did at Magic City and all these things, like the, the odds are sort of stacked against this bench now because teams have had time to see how our bench operates and why they're so good and and take that away essentially you don't see that pick and roll being as deadly anymore mm-hmm. if Jamichael green isn't hitting shots then they're in trouble and you obviously have landry shamit who i still don't really think knows his role in the nba yet he can obviously still shoot it but then there's you know periods where he's great um at playing the point guard and getting the team you know down the court fast and there's other times where he's not um so i, I think where my concern lies is obviously on the defensive end. Um, Lou actually looked like he, you know, was giving more effort tonight and stepped up and Trez was great down the stretch, but there there's these lackadaisical periods where Trez for some reason plays lazy, even though he has the highest motor on the team and Lou is, is very, you know, iffy um, defensively. And if Trez is being guarded by someone bigger than him, offense is an issue there. Lou, if he's not hitting offense is going to be an issue there. I mean, it really just, it depends on how, because they're they're both a tad streaky offensively and they're both defensive mismatches so if those two you know come true in the specific game that we're talking about then it's going to be a huge problem and I think that Doc is kind of seeing that hopefully and uh you know obviously he's playing zoo a little bit more and then trying to remedy um the situations but Doc still gets a little um he, I think he plays that that second unit even a, a little too much still yeah, no, I'd agree. And Reggie Jackson only played four minutes today. I, I did not look this up, but I would guess that is the fewest minutes he has played in a playoff game so far. Uh, four minutes is not much at all. He did not even attempt a shot. He went for mm-hmm. the classic zero 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 across the board. I think he had that same exact line in game number two where he contributed nothing. And I think that was in 13 minutes, but zero of anything in four minutes. So clearly doc making some adjustment and you mentioned Trez and as hard as we have been on him over the last couple of weeks, he did play really well down the stretch. There, there was that moment when zoo picked up his sixth foul, which by the way should have been reversed because that was clearly a hook totally. on Jokic. And so that was a BS number six foul. But that being said, Trez came in, he stayed with Jokic. The Clippers did a good job switching. Marcus Morris went on to Jokic. I think on one possession PG, was switched on to Jokic. They all did a good job of making Jokic pass the ball. And one thing that they didn't do in the first half was pick their poison. You can't make Jokic a scorer and a passer because when you do that, it destroys your defense. And that's what the Clippers did for the majority of the game. And then finally, something clicked. And it's frustrating to see that it takes this long 
but I think maybe, just maybe the Clippers have found something. What did you notice down the stretch that was different from the first part of the ball game? Well, you, you sort of mentioned it there. I noticed that when, when Trez, when it's solely a replacement for Zoo and Trez is the only second unit player and there, I guess with Lou as well, but what you can do with Mook, Kawhi, PG and Zoo, or I'm sorry, and, uh, and Trez. And at the same time as you can do, you can switch onto Jokic and that's exactly what they need to do. Cause Jokic isn't like a, you know, he's not going to back you down and, and beat you up in the post. He's going to kind of hit it, take it in the mid range, either try to get to the rack or, you know, use his passing skills. But when you have all of these, these kind of like stretchy six, nine, six, eight players that can switch onto him and make life difficult for him as a scorer and turn him into that passer and force the rest of this young Nuggets team to, to score in the last few minutes of you know, a very intense playoff game. That was exactly what they needed to do with Zubats out, and they, and they executed to a T, and we've all been hard on Doc, of course, for his rotational kind of woes in the playoffs so far, but I don't know if he even said anything to them, if it was mostly Rex Kalamian, but um, that, that defense down the stretch and their ability to switch and, and their ability to kind of get Jokic away from the basket, make him into a ball handler slash passer and force everyone else to, to do the to, – to score was, was awesome. Yeah, I mean, we saw – Kawhi have a couple of incredible defensive plays. I think it was Michael Porter Jr. Um, that was going down the lane on him after the Clippers had that turnover by Zoo where he just weakly gave away the ball when he was triple teamed. And then mm-hmm. I think it was Porter charging down the middle of the lane and Kawhi stayed with him and I thought he was going to foul him, but he just knocked the ball away from him and the Clippers yeah. got the basketball. Then of course you had the middle finger block as well from Kawhi mm-hmm. and you <laughs> had the Pat Bev yep. steal the Clippers showed their brilliance, that they really can be an incredible defensive team. But then you have moments, Chris, where you just see the Clippers just lackadaisical and they're switching. They legit look like they were chickens with their heads cut off numerous times during that game, just running all over the floor trying to figure out who has the basketball. And then you have moments where you're not rebounding. I mean, Trez was ball watching several times and Denver got mm-hmm. offensive rebounds. It's just so frustrating because – we saw how good this team can be. There is no reason why the Clippers cannot win the next two ball games and win this series in five. There's no reason at all, but for some reason, they, they just refuse to play this high-intensity basketball for 48 minutes. I realize how hard that is and how that's probably difficult to do, but you can't continue to do this and turn the switch on and off throughout the ball game because it's not going to work. Yeah, uh, it's perplexing to me as well, um, especially with this being a veteran-laden team with tons of playoff experience. Um, they should know that in the playoff environment, uh, the, the moment you sleep, these good playoff teams will take advantage of that. Um, even a team as inexperienced and young as, as the Denver Nuggets, and we saw that. We saw that in Game 2, obviously, when they came out super flat and, um, in the first quarter, and we couldn't ever catch up. And then tonight, I thought it was going to be more of the same. Obviously, the first quarter wasn't great, really wasn't great until that, that fourth. Um, so, I, you know, and this is – I don't really know because Doc should, should know better as well. Um, and that's – you know, it's not on him to put in the effort, but it's on him to make the right decisions and, and kind of fire his team up. Um, and, and Paul George has said in the postgame interview, you know, we hang our hat on defense, right? But it doesn't seem like that until it's super duper necessary, giving us us fans heart attacks. I mean, again, we won the game and looked fantastic in the fourth quarter doing so. I'll take a win no matter how it comes. But you would prefer this much more talented 
Clippers team, both offensively and defensively, but especially defensively with the talent that we have on that end uh, and the smarts and the wisdom and the championship pedigree um, that they could come out and, and, you know, just play better against, against this Nuggets team. But I mean, you have a guy in Jokic who um, just is looking every bit, the first team all NBA center that he was last season. And you know, I'm I'm so thankful that Jamal Murray decided to have an off night because if he didn't, then the Clippers 100% would have would have lost the game, which is scary because you know Jamal Murray will have a bounce back game at some point. I just hope it. Um, well, I hope it doesn't happen. I know it's going to happen, but I hope we can contain it a little bit. Jamal Murray, five of seventeen. You add in Jeremy Grant, who is five of fourteen. And, uh, yeah, the Clippers got away with one there. I mean, the one thing also that continues to show up in the box score, the Clippers had 17 turnovers. They just have these bad turnovers throughout the game. And Denver, by the way, had 12, seven of those from Jokic. So if you take away those Jokic turnovers, they did a good job of taking care of the basketball. You just got to be better. You have to be better. 17 turnovers is not enough. And you look at offensive rebounding, the Clippers had three offensive rebounds. Denver had eight. So second chance points and then points off turnovers, they're going to kill you. And the Clippers just need to clean it up. And if they don't clean it up, they're going to be in trouble. But it's such easy things, Chris, to clean up. I mean, rebounding is an easy thing to clean up. Turning over the basketball is another easy thing to clean up. It seems like this it's right there for the Clippers to take advantage and run away with this series. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't think it's too perplexing because I think it's really just effort. Truly, um, we, we saw in game one how good this Clippers team is. And that's that's truly how they should be playing every single night. Obviously, they shot the absolute hell out of the ball and that that you can't replicate. But the effort on the offense of the defensive end, you can or at least you can you can try to get to that level. Um, and we saw it in a few games in the Dallas series where, you know, obviously they had games where they fell asleep, but they had games where they just absolutely dominated and, and took over. So it's um, it's it's maddening as a fan who knows the potential of this team and 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 has seen it regularly, but not regularly enough, and not with the the same amount of consistency. Um, my my biggest concern is, you know, I, I don't want to jump ahead to the next series, but if you play a Lakers team, right, you have to obviously be up. It's the West, it's the Western Conference Finals. It's your rival, but I, I don't. I'm not sure I have a 100 million percent faith that the Clippers come into every single game with with the right energy. Um, which is just annoying to watch. It's very frustrating. I don't know who that is on. Um, it's it's kind of the opposite of what the energy that they had last season, where they were the dogs in every single game, but would come out and would you know kind of not take no for an answer really. Um, so it's, it's just different different energy. Um, but it, it really I think it's just a lot a lot of effort. Um, and attention to the, the the defensive principles that have been installed by our fantastic, again, championship-laden coaching, coaching staff. Um, yeah, it's frustrating to, the, to see them not uphold those principles and, and put forth really the, the true 100% effort. But I, I, I hope that this game was a wake-up call for them because I think that they saw in the fourth quarter, right, if we just put forth that effort and play our game and play like we know we can play, then we can beat any team in the NBA. Yeah, my so only – that's, that's – yeah. No, yeah, for sure. And I was going to say my only worry is that you would have thought game two would have been a wake-up call. And the fact that the Clippers played terribly and they were down, I think, 23 and were able to cut it to single digits. And so the Clippers could have said to themselves, all right, we are capable of winning this ball game and not keeping it close, and instead it just was close, and Denver had the lead, but give credit to the Clippers, because this time 
they got the stops when they needed them. They couldn't do that in game two. Whenever they got close, they couldn't get the stops mm-hmm. to get ahead. This time they did get the stops. Let's talk about some good stuff here because I feel like we've kind of been not bashing, yeah. but it's it's obviously it's right after the game and you come into the series thinking it's going to be easier than it actually is. And then you've seen a team play so poorly when you know what they're capable of. This team should be able to win the NBA title and they should play like this. And if they do play like this, they'll win the NBA title. But have you looked at the plus minuses? Because if not, do you know what Lou Williams plus minus today was? Um, no, sorry, I, I did not look. What do you? No, I don't want you. Game. I don't want you to look. I, I want you to guess. What do you think it was? Um, I mean, he had a good. He had a good fourth. Uh, minus twelve. Plus twenty. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Damn. I was way off. Yeah. Lou Williams was a plus twenty in twenty-seven minutes. So he had the highest okay, plus minus on the team. <laughs> Marcus Morris was a plus eighteen, and then you look at plus ten for Kawhi. And plus ten for Zoo, and then Pat Beverly was a minus thirteen, which is kind of strange. Uh, but yeah, he I mean, didn't have a great game. No. no, I mean he he missed his open threes, uh, shots that he really needs to make. After he made the first one, he did not miss any of his other open ones. Did have one big mm. steal for sure. Uh, but I mean, the the player I want to talk about is Lou Williams. Man, this is a guy that's instant offense. He did not shoot the ball well in this game. He was four of eleven. Two of five from three. He had not hit a three, I think I saw, since August 23rd. And here we are on September 7th, and he finally hits one. <laughs> and it has to hit the rim yeah. and go all the way up and come down. But it's someone that you trust because he is able to have confidence in himself. And he played a big role in this game. Yeah, and I think why I was so far off on that plus minus, which makes me look like I, ne- I didn't watch the game, but it's because I'm so used to seeing Lou um, as a scorer solely. Yeah. Right. And and giving it up defensively. Um, but like I said, I, I did say earlier that he was showing more effort. He was getting his hands in passing lanes. He was um, getting his hands on balls that people were dribbling in front of him as well. Um, but this is Lou. You know, the, Lou has, has always been had the clutch gene um, and he has been there in big moments for the Clippers. He's also not been there in big moments. But I think more often um, we, we do see him step up, um, especially when he does not have to be the main ball handler as well, which he's good at. But when you have him, you know, kind of running off of screens and, and catching and firing, um, but also um, kind of getting that late shot clock, you know, dribble to the to the rim. And if he finishes, then great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was it was great to see him and, and Trez really step up there late in the fourth. That was that was massive. And, and frankly, the, the way it's been going, especially for Trez, um, unexpected, but, you know, not unexpected, uh, I guess based on what we know about Lou in the last few years from him. Yeah, you know what's weird, by the way? That chemistry between the two of them has just gone. It, it has been nowhere to be seen so far during the bubble. Those two guys were connecting on simple pick and rolls. And when he uh, Harold slides the basket, it seemed like it was money all the time. They have not done anything so far in the bubble. I don't know what it is. Are you noticing anything? Because... They have just not been on the same page. It seems like any time Lou tries to get it into Trez, it, it is intercepted. It hits off a couple of hands. It doesn't make it there. It's a bad pass. Harold mm-hmm. gets it. Someone's there. It's just not the same as it was. I, you know, Lou and, Lou and Trez started playing in Houston, and then they played every single summer um, together in rec, and then obviously with the Clippers. So they have been together for so long, and I think that that long layoff, um, may have had something to do with it. Trez didn't play in any of the seeding games. Lou was in and out. Um, 
So, you know, man, uh, hopefully by next series where we're seeing Lou and Trez kind of back to normal. But again, I think this goes back to a lot of teams um, with the Lakers bench have had a ton of time to game plan um, exactly what they do. Right. And they'll they'll hype, they'll hedge Lou and they'll high press and they'll try to get, um, you know, Trez out of his rhythm. And when you when you do that, when you take away that um, kind of one two punch there and rely and you have to rely on. Shamit or uh, Jamichael Green, you know, even Patrick Patterson before kind of, you know, for the for the shooting, then, um, you know, it, it makes it makes it a little bit more difficult. But, yeah, their, their chemistry and their lack of um, in the uh, in the playoffs has, has been concerning. Um, and but that will be needed um, against a Clippers second unit defense. Or I'm sorry, a Lakers second unit defense, especially. And again, not to look forward to the next series, but yeah. if they do end up there. Um, that's that's a, a defense that you can take a lot of advantage of, and I hope that they uh, they get that chemistry down again. Yeah, I'd love to see it as well, and I think you're right. I mean, if there's going to be a series those two are going to have to play and put together some good minutes, it's going to be against the Lakers when you have the ability to try and take advantage when one of LeBron or Anthony Davis is on the floor. One more guy I want to talk about before we say goodbye to you because it is late over on the East Coast, and that's, <laughs> and that's PG. We went through the stretch to start the playoffs where he really struggled. He has snapped out of it. He said that he was dealing with stuff off the court and it really got to him. It seems like him coming out and talking about it has helped a bunch. 32 points, 12 of 18 from the field, five of seven from deep, three of three from the line. I mean, he was tremendous. 32 points in 40 minutes, also played some good minutes and everyone was starting to hate on PG and what he's done in the playoffs. But in his career, but this he's been the reason why the Clippers have done well against both Dallas and Denver. It's really been PG and Kawhi, and PG well-deserved being that number two, the uh, the Robin to Kawhi's Batman. He's been unbelievable. He's been great, yeah. I think he was losing sleep because he knows Dame Dalla is going to make a, a diss track about him this summer. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, he read the memes, he read the tweets, and, and he's responded accordingly um, as being – you know, third in MVP voting last season, a true superstar in this league, people forget about Paul George because it is Kawhi. It's, um, you know, it's kind of larger than life in, in L.A. with the Clippers and, and Paul George has been in and out of the lineup with injuries. And now he's finally healthy and, and, and mentally healthy as well, um, which is awesome to see. And, I mean, man, we're, we're, we, no one should have forgotten who Paul George was, but he's, he's definitely reminding um, everyone about the superstar that he is, man. And, and obviously he's so great on both ends of the floor. His, his defense has been excellent, especially against a guy like Jamal Murray tonight, um, who he was on a lot. And um, yeah, man, I couldn't be happier with his performances. His, his shooting is, has been um, clutch, um, especially with Kawhi kind of struggling from deep as well. Um, those, those Paul George threes, man, he's, he's been, um, he's been a good drought buster when, when the Clippers are, you know, going down eight, 10, he always can, can get him back, especially in this series so far. Um, so yeah, man, it's been a pleasure to see. Yeah. He's hit the big shots. I think that's a good way to put it. The drought buster. It seems like he's mm-hmm. hitting the clutch shots whenever the Clippers, I think they're down by nine and he had a three pointer at one point. I mean, those are the types of shots that, uh, get you back in a series and get you back into games. So he's been absolutely tremendous. I would ask for your prediction for the rest of the series, but frankly, I don't think we know how it's going to go. It, it really has gotten to that point now where it's just a matter of if the Clippers come out and play with the defensive energy that they played with in the last six minutes and they rebound the basketball, they don't turn over the basketball, I think they'll be fine. And I think they're going to win this series in five. But if you have those moments where you are lackadaisical, then Denver's going to steal the game. I mean, they're just that good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be the, the series where, you know, I thought I thought Dallas was going to be a little bit easier, and I definitely thought the Nuggets were going to be a little bit easier. But, hey, I'm going to be at the edge of my seat um, for the for the rest of the playoffs, I'm sure. But, yeah, this series uh, is a little bit scarier than, than originally originally you, thought. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore Chris Merch. You can read him at 213hoops.com. Chris, thanks for staying up late with us on the Hoopball Clippers podcast. Awesome, yeah. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Big thank you to Chris for joining the Hoopball Clippers podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Wanted to make sure we got that one short and sweet and into your ears. You had as much time to listen to this one before game number four, which will be on Wednesday. Most likely we'll not have a pod on Wednesday. We'll have one probably later in the week. It'll either be on Thursday or Friday. We'll either be previewing the game on Friday or we'll break down the game after Friday's finish. Thanks for listening. You can always follow me on Twitter at BDMarcus. Of course, Hoopball Clippers podcast is at Hoopball Clips. If you can go on iTunes, give us that five-star rating and leave a review as well. It does help for sure. Clippers up 2-1 in the Western Conference semifinals. Let's see what they got going the rest of this series. Until then, I'm Brandon Marcus, and go Clips! This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.